Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Snow and wind, another storm front passing through. What's in store for the commute? Evacuation uncertainty. Seashelled homeowners get mixed messages from their government. We play hockey on it. And the Ladner family with an ice rink in their backyard. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, I'm Jordan Armstrong. Sonia's off tonight. We begin with the weather. The snow began falling early this afternoon on the south coast, triggering the usual traffic and transit headaches. And once we're done with this storm, another is on the way. Global's Tanya Beja is live in Burnaby tonight. And Tanya, it is really coming down there. That's right, Jordan. It's a bit of a winter wonderland here in Burnaby. The snow is, is beautiful, but it's really slowing things down on the roads. Canada Way here behind us has been plowed a few times, but still a lot of snow accumulating. Drivers will want to move slowly through this area. In downtown Vancouver today, people caught off guard when the snow began to fall and stick around noon. Uh, the snow is uh, accumulating right throughout Metro Vancouver. We could see between 5 and 10 centimetres tonight with more later this evening. It is causing a number of minor accidents with vehicles unable to get traction and many drivers were noticing without snow tyres. Now kids of course getting in on the action, grabbing their sleds and heading to the park while their parents clean up the sidewalks. Reaction to this winter wallop, of course, depends on who you ask. You guys enjoying the weather? No, we're not. No. Why not? <laughs> we need the sunshine? Not no snow. Oh, we're not. No, I'm from Montreal. I was trying to escape the snow. So, no luck. No. no. Right into she brought it. it. <laughs> I'm just moved here from Ontario, so I'm ready for it anyways. Oh, this is like a... It was weird, because uh, last week it was supposed to actually snow, and it didn't, but... Now this kind of came up quick and it's hitting us pretty hard here. There was nothing and then it was all here. It's beautiful. We'll let the, grab the kids and come on out here. Yep, absolutely. There are things to be done, but they'll wait. <laughs> As I mentioned, we will be seeing more snow later this evening, closer to midnight. Uh, people living in the southern areas of Metro Vancouver, places like Richmond and Delta, could have a messy commute tomorrow, but Yvonne will have more with that. Jordan, back to you. All right, thank you. Tanya Beja reporting live in Burnaby tonight. On Vancouver Island, the flakes started flying late morning in the north, uh, quickly accumulating and moving south and blanketing much of the island with snow. Conditions on the highway north of Nanaimo are treacherous, especially around the Buckley Bay area, where witnesses spotted several accidents. Drivers heading south describing a white-knuckle situation with snow sticking to the road. Uh, coming uh, from Courtney, and it was pretty bad, really bad, till you got to about Cook Street Crossing, and then it wasn't quite as bad. They've got it plowed a little bit, but it's still bad. Yeah. And uh, it started to snow again just as we got here. And it's not too good. If you don't have to be on the roads, I don't think I would be. Uh, we came from Courtney, uh, and we stopped off in Cumberland to see how things were there. 
wasn't good. Um, we got, I don't know, about 10 minutes up the highway and it was white out. Couldn't see 40 feet in front of us. Couldn't see the road, nothing. Driving straight down the center of the road. Uh, still maintaining good traction, but uh, if you're going any faster than 30K, good luck. That's all I can say. <laughs> And the Malahat Highway on Vancouver Island is now closed in both directions. Drive BC reporting the Malahat closed from West Shore Parkway in Langford to Shawnigan Mill Bay Road. Due to heavy snowfall and dangerous road conditions, numerous vehicles have spun out. Main road crews are working to get plows through and clear traffic, which is backed up to Thetis Lake. Many vehicles are currently stuck, as you can see there. And the snowy weather creating hazardous driving conditions west of Victoria. This is Highway 14 between Shirley, just west of Souk, and Jordan River. Talk about a terrifying drive. Multiple trees down along the route with heavy damage to poles and lines at Sandcut Beach. Traffic is getting through, but vehicles need to navigate under trees that are hanging on wires. BC Hydro crews are out trying to keep up with the damage. Highway closures are expected while debris is removed and lines replaced. Heavy snow continues to fall in that area. And here is a look at the Sunshine Coast Highway looking like a winter wonderland. The snow has been falling heavily there since early afternoon. That region also expecting up to 10 centimeters. All right, let's bring in our meteorologist, Yvonne Shell. Yvonne, is the snow going to ease anytime soon? Yes, and then we'll be tracking the next system. We've had widespread snow. Some of the heavier amounts have been for the eastern sections and southern sections of the island. Metro Vancouver, Victoria, and inland sections, we've seen anywhere between 5 and up to 10 centimeters. But the heavier amounts, eastern sections of the island, have seen a range between 10 and up to 20 centimeters. Snowfall warning remains in effect for the following areas. Let's see if we can get back to the WSI. Um, here's a shot of... Let's see, one more second if we can just, there we go. Here's what we're seeing on the Malahat where we do have a snowfall warning that is in effect. And of course, check in with Drive BC for any uh, closures, which we had mentioned, and when it will reopen once again. We've got the warning in effect, 10 and up to 25 centimeters. Most areas across Metro Vancouver still seeing an additional 5 and potentially up to 10 centimeters. Southern sections will see higher amounts. Southern sections right across the island as well. Now, here's what we are looking at, though, especially for that morning commute. The snow is going to ease off across the lower mainland. We'll see it for the overnight. By tomorrow morning, it'll be very icy. Give yourself some extra time. But by the afternoon, the next system is going to push in across the island. And by tomorrow evening, we do have another round of snow. I'll have more on the mounts coming up very shortly. Jordan? All right. See you in a few minutes. Thanks, Yvonne. Horseshoe Bay is cleaning up after taking a beating in Saturday's storm. 100 kilometer an hour winds whipped the local marina, sinking a barge and tossing boats to shore. Paul Johnson has more on the damage and how long it will take to repair. Heading out to continue the work Sunday, Horseshoe Bay is a cluttered salvage and cleanup zone full of half-submerged hulls and structures and dirty pools of debris. It was just a complete whiteout. Barges going under, the rental boats are sideways. It was a perfect storm. Winds howling at more than 100 kilometers an hour and from an unusual angle, straight down from the upper end of Howe Sound. When it comes in that one certain angle, uh, Horseshoe Bay can take quite a beating. And yesterday was the worst I've ever seen it. Worst hit was the infrastructure at Sewell's Marina, losing their outer breakwater, a portion of their dock structure, and a handful of boats and other equipment. 
Fortunately, no one was hurt in the gale, and while there was considerable damage, none of their customers' boats were sunk. Check out the scope of the damage here. It is substantial. That big steel barge behind me here was brought in as a replacement breakwater for the one that sunk yesterday morning. It's currently in about 70 feet of water. Whether it can be salvaged or not, at this point, totally unknown. And an awful lot of damage was done from boats colliding with one another, going up and down, hitting the docks. It was a similar scenario that ripped White Rock's pier in two in December during another major wind event. Add Horseshoe Bay to that list, and this winter is proving particularly destructive to the region's marinas, and a busy one if you're in the barge and tugboat business. Paul Johnson, Global News. An update now to a story we brought you Friday night at 6. Seashell residents on evacuation alert due to sinkholes say they're getting mixed messages from their local government. As Grace Key reports, it's making a stressful situation much worse. It's a painful process for the Pinot family, but they are getting help from friends. Since Thursday, 14 homes in the Sea-Watch neighborhood in Seashelt have been put on evacuation alert because of a new sinkhole that opened up on Christmas Day and an engineering report determined people could die here. Ray Dean isn't happy with how the district has been handling the situation. They've left us here with push dollies in a snowstorm to remove our stuff with no limit on when we'll be able to, whether or not or when we'll be able to come back to get other things. Adding to their stress, the district sent out an email indicating it would defer making a formal evacuation order at this time, but only if residents ensure that any minors are evacuated immediately and adults staying acknowledge that they have been advised of the risks. So my kids were with their friends and not here, and so my first thought was... My kids will never see their house again. After making some inquiries, the Pinoles were told it was not enforceable, so they've decided to stay in their home with their two sons until an evacuation order is in place. 12-year-old Grant is packing up his clothes, not knowing what the future holds for his family. Like, if they could live a day in our lives where we're having to move out of our favorite house and we're packing and all that stuff, it's really sad. I don't think they understand that. I think they're understanding more from the business perspective. Problems with sinkholes in the area go back more than a decade. The Pinots are not part of a lawsuit against the district, developer and other parties because they have no damage to their home. The district declined a request for an interview. I want the district and the people who knew to step up and say we did the wrong thing and we know we did the wrong thing and now we need to make this right. Part of the road has been closed for months due to instability, so families are having to haul their belongings to their vehicles. After six years here, the Pinot's dream home is worth nothing and their future uncertain as they wait for an evacuation order. Grace Key, Global News. A major crash closed part of Sumas Way in Abbotsford this afternoon. A large semi-trailer carrying roofing materials flipped over north of Highway 1 just outside the Cactus Club. The wreck completely blocking the northbound lanes. No word on any injuries. Several vehicles were involved and it was a very close call for some drivers. So, I, sitting in traffic, lights, 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 you know, and somebody else. The guy goes and the rig's coming. This guy. And it was just like on TV, man. It, boom, boom. Rig went over. Up, she went over. And all I saw was... 
roofing coming towards me. Police are on the hunt for a suspect who stole a vehicle before jumping the train tracks in Burnaby and crashing into a ditch. The pickup truck, which police say was stolen from New Westminster, has now been recovered near Burnaby and Brighton streets. Officers got a call just before 8 this morning about someone driving erratically. The female suspect is described as white, 5'7", and in her 20s. Police say she was wearing a brown skirt, possibly a black top, and a backpack. RCMP are looking for witnesses in dash cam video after one of their own was struck by a hit-and-run driver Saturday. It happened as police were enforcing traffic on Highway 1 near Westview in North Vancouver. Just before 3 in the afternoon, this black motorcycle was flagged down by a uniformed officer. After stopping, police say the rider accelerated, hitting an officer and knocking him to the ground. The motorcycle fled westbound. The officer was treated in hospital for minor injuries. Welcome news for those impacted by the rock slide on Highway 97. The Transportation Ministry announcing a third detour will open tomorrow morning, and this one will save commuters hours of time. Jules Knox reports on the struggle so far and takes a closer look at the new route. Dynamite blasts the rocky hill north of Summerland, sending a plume of debris down the dangerous slope. Crews still trying to stabilize the rock slide that keeps cracking and shifting. Frustration growing for commuters who face lengthy detours. Lots of anxiety. Um, it, it just makes work a little more difficult when you, when you can't get home every night. On Friday, the ministry opening a second detour, the Trout Creek Forest Service Road, a shortcut for those going between Summerland and Peachland. There's some fairly sharp, sharp corners and uh, steep banks. The road is sanded, but still slick in some parts. Roads are excellent, a little icy in a few spots. I uh, just recommend to slow down. A couple of people have already been in the ditch because of going a little too fast. It's a slow go for sure. You don't want to go too fast because, uh, I mean, there's a long, long drops down. In the meantime, construction continues at Callan Road. Crews are working to build a two-lane detour around the rock slide that will be open to commercial vehicles. The Transportation Ministry announcing late Sunday afternoon the 900-meter shortcut will open at 5 a.m. on Monday and the Forest Service Road detours will not be maintained. Blasting work above Callan Road will continue, causing some delays, but the Ministry promises that it will be scheduled outside of the busy hours of 7 to 9 in the morning and 4 to 6 in the evening. Jules Knox, Global News, Summerland. A Penticton firefighter was hurt while responding to a call in freezing temperatures. Firefighters were called to a house fire on Hooth Avenue just before 3 this morning. One firefighter took a tumble after slipping on the icy road. He suffered broken ribs and is recovering at home. Neighbors say two men and two dogs were home when the fire broke out. One tenant was taken to hospital with minor burns. Got a doorbell ringing telling us there's fire right behind us, and so we came over and saw the house on flame. It was really on fire, it was quite a it was igniting. RCMP are investigating the cause of that fire. Unionized employees at the Vancouver Art Gallery have entered mediation in the hopes of ending a nearly week-long strike. They gathered outside the gallery yesterday to mark the fourth day of their strike. Their union has applied to the Labour Board for a mediator to help resolve the dispute. This follows eight months of negotiations that fell apart at the end of January. 
Employees postponed their walkout until Tuesday in the hopes a deal could be reached, only striking after they say the gallery tried to force a vote on their final offer. Welcome back to the News Hour. A Vancouver councillor is throwing a punch at those who cause fights and confrontations in the city's entertainment district. Melissa DiGenova tabling a motion for council to enact bylaws that would help Vancouver collect on fines issued for fighting in areas like the Granville Strip. Last year, she says 128 tickets for fighting were issued, but only 36 were paid. The fine is $500. The NPA councillor says provincial legislation could be amended to force people to pay up before they renew their driver's license. The same way outstanding traffic fines are collected. I think that it's important that we send a message that this isn't acceptable behaviour. And the word on the street currently is that people need to pay their speeding tickets, but not their fighting fines. This comes down to cost recovery and making sure that, you know, Vancouver taxpayers aren't on the hook only for this. Justin Trudeau in B.C. tonight joining his candidate Richard T. Lee in the battle for Burnaby South. How's everyone doing tonight? Oh. The Prime Minister attending a rally with Lee and Liberal supporters at Burnaby's Shadbolt Centre for the Arts. The longtime B.C. Liberal MLA was the federal party's late candidate in the Burnaby South by-election. Lee stepped in after Karen Wang dropped out of the race over controversial comments singling out NDP leader and by-election candidate Jagmeet Singh as being of Indian origin. So great to be back here in the Lower Mainland in BC. An opportunity to reconnect with friends, an opportunity to talk about how we're moving forward as a country, an opportunity to spend time uh, with my friend and yours, Richard Lee. And an opportunity to spend some time in the snow. Yeah, okay. Tens of thousands of people kicked off the Year of the Pig in Vancouver's Chinatown today. Go, 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 The annual Lunar New Year Parade is one of the city's most colorful events. It started just before noon at the Millennium Gate on Pender Street, then headed east and through Chinatown. The parade features the largest assembly of traditional lion dance teams in Canada. NDP leader and Burnaby South candidate Jagmeet Singh attended alongside Vancouver East MP Jenny Kwan. Oh, I'm so excited. I want to say we're so excited to be here. It's a great celebration of community and culture, a great show of power of the community coming together and a rich heritage, music, dance, arts, culture. It's great to be here. Well, we hope you were able to join us today for the Variety Show of Hearts Telethon, another incredible year of generous donations from around our province. Here's a look at the total. Five and a half mil. It's a blizzard inside and outside. And if you didn't get a chance to donate, it is not too late. Let's check in with Chris Galis and Sophie Louie for more on the incredible fundraising effort. Yes, Jordan, that's a wrap on another amazing show of hearts. Five point five million dollars. We surpassed How the millions. How about that? Absolutely stunning. Every year, and this is our 53rd, British Columbians answer the call. And they did an amazing job for us again this weekend. Thank you very much to everybody who called or texted or sent in uh, an email or checked mm -hmm. the website. Absolutely amazing support as it always is. And we could not 
thank you more. We really appreciate it. It was so incredible to hear uh, the stories of the families who were helped by Variety. And thanks, everyone here on stage for being a part of our big weekend. Uh, George Takei, of course, Mr. Sulu, thank you. How do you feel about your very first Variety Show of Arts telethon? I am impressed. The people of BC are so generous, and the people on stage here that all contributed to it are real angels. We've been so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much for giving your time to us. We're so thankful to all the volunteers, too, who helped put this on, and the cast of a 1,000 crew, the people who are working so hard behind the cameras to make this all happen as well, and the people who give to Variety all year. Everybody, thank you so much for your support and for making this another amazing year. And don't forget, the phones are still open until the end of the news hour. We'll keep taking your donations to help BC's kids. Thank you again so much. Jordan, back to you. All right, thank you, Sophie and Chris. And yes, once again, that number is 310KIDS. Our thanks to everyone who's called mm -hmm. in a pledge so far. Vaughn and Barry join us now and lots to talk about in the weather. And this is unusual for us because we're usually getting that West Coast cement heavy snow. This is real cold Canadian snow today. Yeah, we've got that cool Arctic air. Yeah. We talked about it yesterday. The ingredients are there and the snow did start to fall through the afternoon. If you're planning on heading out throughout the evening, we will still see that snowfall just closer towards the midnight hour. A quick look once again at the satellite and radar. Some of the heaviest amounts are along the eastern sections of the island. If you're planning on traveling near the Malahat and southern sections for Metro Vancouver. So Richmond, Tawas, and White Rock and Delta all will be included within that. It is going to ease off as we get closer towards the midnight hour, but we've got additional amounts. Metro Vancouver could still see an additional five centimeters tonight, and we're tracking another storm for our Monday in towards Tuesday. The timing, the amounts, and still quite unsettled, so we're not in the clear just yet. I'll break that down and what we can anticipate for the work week. All right, what did the groundhog say the other week? I can't uh, remember. It was so early spring, but this is how we're going. <laughs> I, I think don't the know. groundhogs were wrong. I think so. <laughs> I, got go I got some weather, too. They actually, I mean, the weather's been cold everywhere. Yeah in North America at Pebble Beach. Mm -hmm. It hailed today. What? Uh, a two-hour delay because of that, so they didn't get the round in. Phil Mickelson and uh, Paul Casey are uh, the only two left on the course in the final group. They have to finish off tomorrow, so we'll have highlights of that. And uh, But nothing can cool off uh, Jacob Markstrom. Incredible performance last night. Maybe one of his best ever as a Canuck. We'll take a look back as he, he stole one for Vancouver against the Flames. So if you have goaltending like that, you can, you can go a long ways. Good things uh, to come. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll see you guys for a few minutes. Thanks. Nine people are hurt after a driver rammed a pickup into a crowd in Southern California early this morning. The victims were leaving bars and restaurants in a popular part of Fullerton when the truck drove up on the sidewalk, slamming into bystanders. Witnesses and emergency crews had to lift the vehicle off several people who were trapped. The victim's injuries range from moderate to life-threatening. Police have arrested a 22-year-old man. He is suspected of driving under the influence of drugs. Another partial government shutdown is looming south of the border. Leaders have until Friday to reach a new deal before their temporary budget agreement lapses. Both sides are at odds over the amount of money to spend on a border wall promised by President Donald Trump. Also at stake, the number of migrants authorities will be allowed to detain. Talks between congressional leaders over funding the president's proposed border wall have stalled. And for the second time in two months, the government faces the possibility of a shutdown.
You cannot take a shutdown off the table and you cannot take uh, 5.7 off the table. That 5.7 billion was the money the president initially wanted for a border wall. House Democrats said no. But now the stumbling block is over the number of detention beds immigration officials have access to. The chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee holding firm on security, but holding out hope for negotiations. The next 24 hours are crucial. We could close some deals, but they've got to be good to secure our borders. If we stay focused on getting a deal and we negotiate in good faith on border security, I think we'll end up with something that can work and keep the government open. The acting White House chief of staff says President Trump will build the wall with or without Congress. What you probably see is the president say, yeah, okay, uh, and then I'll go find the money someplace else. Democrats are looking ahead too, with another candidate entering the 2020 presidential race. As the first woman elected to the United States Senate from the state of Minnesota to announce my candidacy for president of the United States. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar joining a crowded field of Democrats hoping to challenge President Trump in 2020. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. Dedicated runners braved frigid temperatures this morning for a half marathon in downtown Vancouver. Four, three, two, one, go! Thousands of people lacing up for the 30th annual first half half marathon. The scenic route taking participants around the seawall towards English Bay and through Stanley Park. But it's not just about working up a sweat. Racers also raising money for Variety, the children's charity. Despite the cold temperatures, most participants enjoyed the dry conditions. It's fine once you start running. The sun's coming up. It's going to be a beautiful day. Cold. Cold but nice and sunny. I'm ready as you can see. I got the ball club on, long johns, and then um, two, two long, uh, long sleeve shirts. It's a cold one this morning, but I'm, I'm from the uh, Van Duf area near Prince George, and it's a whopping minus 24 over there. So this feels nice, but uh, you know, you want it warmer as a runner. So it should be good. Wow, what a, few dif- uh, what a difference a few hours makes. In Syria, lots of folks making the most of the cold temperatures earlier today. Many people set out on the serpentine fen to play some shinny and go for a skate. It is rare that it stays cold enough for the ice to form there, and locals say it's a real treat. I was born and raised here, so we've never got to do this very often. So when you get a chance, yeah, it's nice to be able to come out. Everybody's happy and smiling. It's awesome. A little bit cold. Oh, but it's, it would be so much worse now, Yvonne. I mean, just look at <laughs> outside. And also, it'll stick around for those yeah. who plan on skating on that uh, that lake there, or pond, rather. Yes, it is uh, very snowy out there. Uh, chilly conditions will continue. The snow, we can see it right now from downtown Vancouver, high above in one of our tower camps. We're sitting below the freezing mark at minus 2. We have a northeasterly wind currently at 17 kilometers per hour. Some great shots that were sent in, so the snow picked up this afternoon. This one sent in from Kyle and Surrey. Earlier today, it was at 6 centimeters and closer to 10 or just over 10 at this point. A great shot of what we saw in Ladysmith, a photo from what it looked like in Nanaimo. That's one of the hardest hit areas where we're seeing higher amounts. Fleetwood and what it looked like in Surrey, just over 5 centimeters. And here's a shot of what it looked like in New West. So covered streets. And if you want to send us your photos or video, email us at weatherwindow at globaltv.com or you can tweet me at Yvonne Shell. Satellite and radar, so we're still seeing that moisture. We are 
are going to continue to track the snowfall, especially for southern sections near White Rock, Delta, and touching in, we're seeing the reports out of the airport for Richmond and eastern sections of the island. Now, as we take a look at the Malahat and update once again, you'll need to check in with Drive BC, but that's one of the hardest hit areas along the island. This evening and overnight, it is going to ease off right across the south coast. We'll see a nice break for the overnight and for our morning commute on Monday, but very chilly and slippery out on the roadways. Interior sections tonight still tracking a few flurries if you're traveling along the mountain passes. But a heads up, by tomorrow afternoon and towards the evening hours, we've got another weather system that is going to push in. Tomorrow night, we could see up to five centimeters, and then an additional five centimeters will be on our Tuesday morning, and that'll affect our morning commute and also the rush hour for tomorrow evening, so be prepared. These are some of the amounts I wanted to show you from Monday evening along the mountain passes, the Sea to Sky 2 and up to 4 centimeters, the Coquihalla up to 5, similar for the Allison Pass, Rogers and Kootenai Pass looking up to 2 and 4 centimeters, and this starts to pick up towards the evening hours tomorrow along the mountain passes. Still very chilly for areas near the Peace, the wind chill for the morning hours at minus 32 by the afternoon, bumping up to minus 24. White Horse, sunny and dry, and then snow developing for both your Tuesday, Wednesday. Coastal sections, chilly but dry. Temperatures tomorrow getting up to the freezing mark for areas near Prince Rupert. Caribou and Central Interior, wind chill at minus 29 for the morning hours, minus 22 for the afternoon. Columbia and Kootenai region could get brushed by a few flurries. More snowfall will be for both Tuesday, Wednesday, and the Thompson Okanagan. A nice dry start, some sunny breaks. Wind chill for the morning hours at minus 16, and then snow developing towards the evening and heavy at times for your Tuesday. Whistler will start to see that increase in cloud cover, snow by tomorrow night. Early morning hours, feeling closer to minus 26. A clearing will be on the way Tuesday and leading in towards Wednesday. That's late in the day. And across the island, we're looking at the potential to see an additional 5 and up to 10 centimeters of snowfall. It'll pick up for the island as early as the afternoon. And for Metro Vancouver, a dry start for tomorrow morning. Very chilly. It'll be icy out on the roadways. And then by the evening hours, we'll be tracking the potential for snow. It'll continue for our Tuesday morning possibly seeing another additional five centimeters. Dry on our Wednesday, that's the bright spot. And then Thursday, Friday, unsettled once again with another round of snow. But for tomorrow, be prepared. It'll be for the evening and in towards our Tuesday morning. Jordan? All right, Yvonne, thanks. Nearly three dozen youngsters were all smiles at Rogers Arena today. They got a taste of what it's like to be an NHL player, signing a one-day contract with the Canucks. The 34 children each got to meet Canucks head coach Travis Green and receive a jersey with their name on it, making the experience feel like the real deal. The kids were the winners of a coloring contest put on by Boston Pizza, giving young hockey hopefuls a chance to be a Canuck for a day. One of the new team members couldn't believe his luck, but didn't want to rub it in. I came back from school and then my mom said, oh, look, you won the coloring contest. And I didn't tell my brother because he was going to get mad. Where's your brother? He's at home. Oh, man, he's going to be so jealous. I hope he doesn't see this. Well, if he does, what do you want to say to me? Um, don't get mad at me. Welcome back. Starting with CFL news on mm-hmm. the Sunday. Well, it's football weather. Yeah. Great cup weather, playoff weather for sure. But yeah, some good news, I think, for Lions fans. Thanks very much, Jordan. Uh, CFL free agent frenzy is this Tuesday at 9 a.m. Brian Burnham will not be available to the highest bidder because he has reportedly re-signed with the Lions on a two-year deal. The contract believed to be in the neighborhood of $200,000 
for the coming season. Burnham, a key member of the Lions offense, 67 catches, 1,029 yards, and nine touchdowns. The 28-year-old has had three straight 1,000-yard seasons. He was named a CFL All-Star in 2018. He spent his entire five-year career here with, the, here with the Lions. He's one of the best in the league. It's a good signing. The Lions also have re-signed defensive back T.J. Lee to a two-year deal. Well, the Anaheim Ducks finally pulled the trigger. They could have did this a while ago. They have fired Randy Carlisle. General Manager uh, Bob Murray takes over behind the bench on an interim basis for the remainder of the season. The Ducks are tied for dead last in the West. They have been in an epic freefall the past eight weeks with just two wins in their last 21 games. They had a 12-game losing streak, and now they're riding a seven-game losing streak. Well, if the Canucks keep getting goaltending like the, the kind Jacob Markstrom's been giving them the past month, they have a very good chance to get into the playoffs in that very Wild West wildcard race. Markstrom literally stole two points for the Canucks last night with a spectacular performance against a Flames team that could have scored nine against a lesser goalie. But the Canucks got the win, and right now they're all smiles. Markstrom had a season-high 44 saves, and the degree of difficulty was very high. Thwarts Joania Gaudreau late in the first period on the breakaway. Second period, Gaudreau will set up Elias Lindholm, one-timer, snagged by Markstrom. 20-5 to shots on goal in the second. Markstrom allowed just one goal, and that great goaltending allowed the Canucks to tie the game. Elias Pettersson with an incredible feed to Brock Besser, who snipes his 19th. Pettersson with two fabulous assists on the night, gives him 50 points on the season. 3-3 after two, more Markstrom brilliance in the third. A game saver off Gaudreau. So this one went to a shootout, thanks to Markstrom. No question, Pedersen, the first shooter up. And he will rip the wrister under the bar. That's unstoppable. Advantage Canucks. Markstrom, meanwhile, stopped all three Flames attempts, including that one by James Neal. He steals one for the Canucks. That's the kind of goaltending that gets teams into the playoffs. Uh, we couldn't have done it without Marky tonight. He was uh, absolutely sensational. Um, made key saves at uh, unbelievable times of the hockey game, and obviously was a stud in the shootout again. So, um, a big, big credit to him. Man, he was dialed in tonight. <clears throat> I don't think... What am I going to say? He was awesome tonight. <laughs> You know, I, I love the game, and there's nothing more uh, that, uh, you know, than being out battling with the guys. And, uh, you know, it's a, you're very fortunate to play to play in this league and uh, you know, in front of the home fans. It's, it's amazing. It was nice to be back tonight, and we really felt them, uh, you know, helping us to get three point, uh, two points tonight. And the Canucks host the Sharks tomorrow night. NHL today, the streaking Blues at Nashville. St. Louis on a five-game win streak now in the final wild card spot. Third period. Preds rally, beautiful setup here by Port Moody's Ryan Johansson to Victor Arvidsson. Ties it up at three, but just 54 seconds later, Vladimir Tarasenko with the shot. Takes a deflection off a Nashville skate. No chance there for UC Saros. Blues lead 4-3, but then later, another pretty goal. Philip Forsberg gets his own rebound. Pretty good stick work in heavy traffic there. 4-4, we need overtime. 16 seconds in. How about Tarasenko? This is spectacular. The game winner for his hat-trick goal. Blues now two points up on Vancouver with two in hand. Minnesota Wild lost, so they remain two up on the Canucks as well. 
Avalanche and Bruins, Colorado on a free fall, just like the Ducks. Six straight losses, just three wins in their last 18. Nathan McKinnon's done all he can to get them wins. What a goal there to beat Yaroslav Halak. But the Bruins would tie this game. It went to overtime, and Brad Marchand with the game winner. More bad luck for the Avs. The shot, as you will see, off a defenseman's skate and then in. Seven straight losses for Colorado. They're two points behind the Canucks in the West. Welcome back. We continue our Sunday series now on Western Hockey League players who figure to be top picks in this June's NHL entry draft in Vancouver. Tonight, we feature Saskatoon Blades forward Kirby Dock, who at this moment is ranked as a top five pick. We get the story from Quinn Phillips. Fort Saskatchewan's Kirby Dock is so competitive, he even hates to lose in a drill at practice. Growing up with a brother who's only two years younger than me, and, and he's a hockey player and he's driving to Saskatoon, it's kind of something that we've had, whether it's running up the stairs first to, for dinner, we're competing every time, so that's something that, that's uh, been helping me out in my career, is just that competitive, uh, competitiveness I've built with him. You can never do things, no matter how skilled you are, without a little bit of compete in your game, and we stress that as a team all the time. And, and he brings a high level of that. He goes to the greasy areas, he goes to the hard areas to score goals and you know, try to get pucks back. And, and not every kid wants to do that. And, and uh, he's done a real good job of that. The 18-year-old Saskatoon Blades forward is not about to let any distractions get in his way, especially in his draft year. That's something that was instilled with me with my parents uh, when I was young. Same with my siblings, that if you want something in life, nobody's going to give it to you for free, so you got to work work hard for it and stay focused all the time. That might be what has kept him away from social media. It was only in December he joined Instagram. Pretty rare for a teenage boy. Didn't feel like I needed it or I didn't really want it. I didn't have a desire to have it and, and be caught up with the world. But yeah, I, finally my arm was twisted a little too hard and I had to give in and, and get it. Tricky experience, you know, I'm texting guys, hey, how do I do this, how do I do that? But uh, it's, it's all fun. Two of his three posts are about hockey. This isn't the time to focus on photos. Doc is ranked second among North American skaters in the Central Scouting midterm rankings. He's on a mission. He knows what he needs to try to get done. I'm not at the top, and I have a lot of work ahead of me. And I know that if I want to stay there and keep pushing towards getting at the top, that guys are behind me are going to be trying to catch me. And I need to stay, stay ahead and, and always work hard every day and try to get better. Quinn Phillips, Global Sports. Top Prospects is brought to you by the Western Hockey League, world-class hockey, and guaranteed scholarships. Western League today, Giants and Prince George Cougars for the third time this week. The Giants swept two up in PG earlier this week. It was tied at one after two. Davis Kosh nets his 22nd of the year to give the Giants a 2-1 lead in the third. And then it's 16-year-old Justin Surtiff with his 15th of the year. So the Giants win again 4-1. And with the victory, they clinch a playoff spot. They're now also just a point back of Everett for first in the West. Final round at the Pebble Beach. Uh, at Pebble Beach, even they are getting freezing cold weather. A hailstorm delayed the round for a couple of hours. Look at that. But eventually, the weather returned to stunning. Phil Mickelson, three back of Paul Casey when the final round began. Phil at the ninth hole here will stuff it with the short iron and made birdie, so he trailed by just one at that point, but uh, not for long at the 10th. Mickelson for birdie from 12 feet. He will drain it, and Casey would bogey the 11th. So now Phil has the lead by a shot at 16 under, and he keeps the pedal down at 13. 
as Phil curls in another birdie, gets to six to a 18 under, but they ran out of daylight with two holes to play, so it'll be a Monday finish at Pebble. Mickelson leads Casey by three. They're the only two who didn't finish their round. Adam Hadwin got his round in, finished at eight under, tied for 18. Nick Taylor, 28. He is at six under. EPL Sunday, Man City and Chelsea. City three points back of first place Liverpool, and it was all Manchester City. Four minutes in, Raheem Sterling loads up, blasts it to the top of the net, 1-0 City. And then nine minutes later, Sergio Aguero. How about that from distance? One of the best goals of the year, a brilliant strike. 2-0, and then six minutes later, it's Aguero again, capitalizing on a Chelsea blunder. He also would score from the spot for his hat-trick goal. 6-0. City hammers Chelsea. They're tied with Liverpool for top spot, but Chelsea or City has played one more game, and Tottenham wins 3-1. They are solo third now in the standings. Here's a look at your snow report for today with some snow falling, especially along the local and North Shore mountains. Whistler Blackcomb with a base of 248, Grouse 243, Cypress 265, and Sasquatch 216. Revelstoke with a base of 206, 203 for Fernie, Manning Park 150, Whitewater 205. Big White with a base of 173, Silver Star 177, Sun Peaks 157. Kicking Horse with a base of 175 and 208 for Mount Washington. <laughs> All right, a reminder, you only have a few minutes left. If you haven't made a donation to Variety, the children's charity, the phone lines are still open until 7 o'clock. 310 Kids is the number to call. The cold snap is allowing a BC father to realize a Canadian dream. After weeks of waiting for winter to stick, Ladner's Chris Dinter was able to transform his backyard into the perfect ice hockey rink. Kristen Robinson has the story. Wait, you want to go on? Gearing up. You want me to set up the net? Yeah. And warming up. There you go. Six-year-old Sam and four-year-old Jack are ready. to play Canada's game in their own backyard. I said, when I'm an adult, I'm going to build my own rink for my own kids, and no one's going to say no. And uh, so this year I did. Denied home ice as a kid due to Vancouver's mild climate, Chris Dinter never gave up after learning a young Wayne Gretzky honed his skills on a grassroots rink. We bought the uh, liner and uh, we laid it down, probably at least a month filled with water where it was just a swimming pool. Confident he could build on the Great One's homegrown sheet, this winter just cold enough to foster his dream. Sometimes it'd be like 10 degrees out and the kids would be like, hey, did, did the rink freeze last night? In the February cold snap, it did. The Ladner father stick handling his way to a power play. The debut of the backyard ice, something this father will never forget. It's it's really, really magical, actually. I like to skate, skate on it with my dad. We play hockey on it. Yeah, what do you like about hockey? When I score goals. When you're shooting in the garden, it can get dirty. But it's a game not everyone can brag about. I have a real ice rink in my backyard. I do not tell um, my friends. I do not tell anyone. Their secret ice setting the bar high for next year. I, I have to outdo the skating rink, which is going to be a tough one. So, uh, I don't know, maybe like a giant slip and slide. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
friends are going to be knocking on the door in the next 10 minutes. Yes, yeah. yes. A popular place in the neighborhood for sure. No doubt. <laughs> Quick word on the weather before we go. The snow will start to taper off. That's as we get closer towards the midnight hour. But be prepared. Monday night and towards our Tuesday, another round is on the way. Updates at 11. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night.